for our audience who might have no idea who you are, what you do, sure. how would you describe yourself? Ooh, okay. Probably a little generically speaking, a content creator. Um, I currently am the world's most liked OnlyFans creator. I have the page that has the most likes and I am actively the most followed creator on the platform. So I do OnlyFans <laughs> amongst <laughs> other business ventures. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> so one of the things that I found fascinating about your story is which not a lot of people are probably going to know is how much you actually give away to charity, which is something that our audience actually cares quite a bit about. And I think like there was a story about you like giving away $27,000, like in one day. Oh, Could you yeah. tell us more about that? Sure. So um, to give you a little backdrop, so OnlyFans is primarily known for adult content. They do other things. There's plenty of people who have you know, who are surgeons or professional chefs and they have their own pages and stuff like that. Um, but we consider our life and our page one, one and the same. So it's a very much real end-to-end -end vlog. So it has everything. I like to kind of just showcase my entire life. And part of that is certain things mean a lot to me, mean a lot to my friends. And I think if you talk to anybody, you know that there are certain charities that mean a lot to people or a certain, you know, um, organization. So we decided to kind of challenge some of those thoughts a little bit and make the charity aspect a big part of our page. So we've raised and donated over $100,000 to various charities through our OnlyFans page live streaming. And there was a particular instance, I had shot a uh, like a Playboy article and they were talking about our charity stuff. And it was supposed to be like several like weeks out in publication and the date got moved up and we were like, ooh, well, since we like to be honest and transparent, we don't want to be caught with our you know, pants down. So we're like, we need to make up this math very quickly. And it was a gap of 23,000. We're like, all right, cool. We're going to make this a fun time. So we actually took my entire team. We divided into teams and we distributed $23,000. We said, hey, have at it. Go, go donate to various charities that mean something to you guys. Document it. And we actually did that. So it was 23,000 in one full day. Um, and it was just a really cool time. We actually put it out on YouTube and OFTV and I mean, we hit animal charities. We did like in person. I know several people did that and that was really, really cool. We did, um, some handicapped, some, uh, personal health related charities. Um, a lot of our team members have people who, um, have passed away from cancer or cystic fibrosis. Mm. And so we did a lot of things like that. And it really, just, it means a lot to me, honestly. It, um, always gets me a little, uh, here <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> no you're you're totally fine uh you're in good company um, <laughs> i there's something else that not a lot of people uh may know about you and it's what at least i can see are really strong values around family because when you started one of the things you did was like you went to your boyfriend <laughs> and yeah. you, just, you had a whole conversation about it business strategy and everything um could you tell us more about how uh, you got started and why? Yeah, sure. So going way back, um, my boyfriend and I have been together for 13 years. We actually started our first e-commerce business right out of high school. I was technically still in high school when we started it. Um, so we've been together a really long time and worked together for a really long time. And we grew that first business over the last decade together. And we brought in a lot of our friends and family because when you're 17, 18, 19, starting something out, you're like, well, who do I know? Friends and family, who can I trust? So that always was a huge basis for us of who do we work around and who do we like to spend our time with? So that was just probably a bit of a cheat code for hiring. We we're like, hey, you have the same core values as us. We can learn skills together. Come on down. 
Um, so branching off of that, we built that into uh, a successful inventory business. Inventory is a whole other game. Physical goods are a pain. I much prefer this uh, digital space. It's very, very nice. A big burden relief there. Um, but we learned a lot of trials and tribulations. We grew that to do several million in annual sales. It's still around to this day. Um, we actually have a lot of family members that run that business day to day and they completely, completely handle that for us. Um, so we were kind of bored for lack of a better term. We were in a transitional period looking and dabbling at other businesses. We always kind of like to build things or test out little gadgets or find a way to build some software. So on a whim one night, I decided to sign up for OnlyFans. I was like, ah, I'll give this a try. I don't know. It's Sunday night, a date night. So we were watching a movie and I, uh, I sold $62 in photos that night. And I just turned to my boyfriend. I was like, hey, I did this. And he's like, what? Like, he's like, what do you mean? You sold, well, how did that, like, what is, he's so mind blown. And then just the wheel started turning. So we, we do a lot of brainstorming walks. So we went for a walk. Um, he was like, this has got to be a fluke, like, let's, let's research this. So then we looked up the market cap and we we're like, market cap at the time was 2 billion. And we we're like, okay, not a fluke, not a niche, not a niche thing. And uh, then we started actually doing market research and like, uh, what are the competitors doing? What's their content like? And then what's the setup and what are the parameters of the marketplace? And we we're like, okay, this seems like a huge opportunity and a really cool challenge and something that we could probably do really, really well. And we have no prior experience, by the way, in this industry. Um, we weren't social media people. We never, I barely even had like an Instagram account. I personally, I don't even have one now, <laughs> like outside of my Bryce Adams one, I don't have one. Like I don't, I've never had Snapchat. So um, yeah, we just basically, we started there. We did like two, three months of brainstorming of like, who do we want to be? How much do we want to show? You know, how much full face? How much of my life do I want to put on display? Because once you kind of go down that route, and I know this is a fear for some people, um, you can't really go back and there's going to be certain stigmas and certain judgments. And we kind of decided like, hey, we've always kind of blazed our own trails and we like to be ourselves. And if people don't want to agree with us, that's no problem. But like, I would never impose my, you know, preferences on somebody else. So I think everybody should be happy to do the things that they want to and enjoy and experiment and try as long as everybody's safe, happy and healthy. So um, long winded answer, but <laughs> ultimately that was kind of the origin story. And from there, we kind of decided at like the two to three month mark after I started the account to commit full time to it. And then within six months of that, we had the most liked page. So we scaled like that, brought more friends and family on, and away we went. That is such an incredible story. There's so many themes and parallels between that and what our audience is going through. Because on a grander scheme, some of the decisions it sounded like you had to think through was just one, boundaries uh, just within your own relationship, also um professional and personal values and then sure. how to strategically decide you know just what's going to be free content what's going to be uh, paid content because in the, the world of consulting uh, typically uh, the higher tier you know offers you know whether it's a, a online course or it might be a high ticket mastermind or something like that it's behind some kind of paid gate and so yes. then strategically some of the decisions need to be made. What do we give away? How do we not give away too much value? And then how do mm. we decide what it is is going to be reserved for uh, paying members? So I'm curious, right. how did you think through that? Oh, um, definitely was an evolution. Uh, it was not necessarily the game plan and the things that we do now were definitely not what we had kind of mapped out on the board, you know, on month three or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, my boyfriend and I really work on this, like, I mean, 80, 90, 100 hours a week in parallel. So we're very much a, a dynamic duo in that regard. So I'm able to con 
focus on content creation, customers, like actually like integrating with the messaging and like the content and the creation of our product is like my priority. He's a lot more like the back end, the day to day, the data, stuff like that. So we, we strategize and come together on how we're going to, you know, we take in the information and the data and then we strategize and we make alterations from there. Um, so whew, man, we had, it kind of, changed along i mean the platform's grown and evolved quite a bit they've rolled out several new features so then we're able to monetize in different ways we always thought because there are especially with the content that we make since our product is heavily based on like adult content we had certain choices that we could make so there are different setups within the pages and a lot of this is probably technicalities to the platform itself um, but like you can have video products for sale you can offer services and one-on-one -on -one interactions things like that and we took the part of like okay well our page is going to be completely authentic. It's going to be our real interactions and I'm going to do as much as I can. But at certain points, there's only 24 hours in a day. I can't personally manage to respond to 3000 messages a day. It's physically not possible, especially if you guys want to see me, you know, smiling and doing, doing my thing. Um, so we decided to go the route of our primary income stream and product would be the adult platform videos. And so we made it very easy, very simple. The first year we're like, we're sending out one new video a night and that's it. We're not spamming people. They have no pressure to buy. If they want to cool. If they don't, no problem. Hang out, enjoy, have a nice conversation. Um, and to, uh, practice that actually for the first, the first year we put out a new video every single day. So it was practicing our craft, getting feedback, trying new things. And we just kind of documented that whole process. So. That was our story of kind of how we decided to do that. Um, and then we weaved in other things such as doing a couple live streams and integrating the charity live streams and just, that was pretty much it, just in a nutshell. <laughs> so that's really cool because that brings up, you know, like three core pillars of uh, any business really, marketing, sales, as well as delivery and having to think through mm. uh, not just the front end that people see as well as the back end that keeps the trains running on time as well. And it right. sounds like you both have an incredible work ethic uh, to be able to continue <laughs> to push out content consistently, which is usually what's required in any content-based business, regardless of the type of content uh, that yes. is being promoted. Uh, Follow-up question to that then is, how did you think through the positioning? You know, what usually comes before deciding what kind of content to even put out there because i remember you sharing that you did a lot of competitive research and so how did you decide how to position bryce adams uh relative to everybody else that was already putting content out there um great question first of all so man how do we decide to position it yeah. hmm. i remember you because I've, I've looked at some of the content pillars and I remember one of the things that you had shared in another interview was positioning based on authenticity. You know, yes. it feels very real. It's like, yes. oh, this is a real person. Like it could be exactly. somebody that's like right next door. Uh, 100%. How did you, was that something that you came to over time or did you decide from the beginning? That was mostly, I think just right from the get-go, that was us because we thought, mm -hmm hey, like, who do we want to be? And we're like, well, the easiest person to be is yourself. And mm -hmm. you don't have any of like, I'm totally fine. If people want to be, you know, have a fantasy or an alter ego, like, cool, have at it. Like, I, I appreciate that. That's not me. So for me, in order to connect with people as real as possible and to just live my life and document it, it was like, well, the simplest thing is to just be myself. So then that was the whole authenticity, being completely honest and a lot of the platform, honestly, the, the base, at least I believe, of OnlyFans is that 
you're able to connect with somebody on a personal level that you typically wouldn't be able to. Like if you look at Instagram, like, yes, you can send that Hail Mary DM, but like, you're not, you're not going to get a response. This was built for actual connection and actually be able to conversate or have a chance to conversate with somebody. And so I always took it as, you know what, I would like to get to know these people. I think they want to get to know me. I'm sharing every basically inch of my life and documenting kind of like the, the hurdles and the leaps and the things that I would try out. And I would just be completely honest, like, hey, this, this part made me nervous. This was really kind of like an intriguing thing or I learned this about myself and I, I have gotten a lot of personal growth out of it. So I think being my authentic self from the very get-go was just, that's how we are. My boyfriend and I are very honest with each other, um, always kind of have been. And he's always really pushed me to be like the best version of myself and I've grown like substantially from that. And I've seen and reaped a lot of benefits. So I've just kind of embodied that, tried to challenge myself even more. And this was like the perfect, I don't know, timing, perfect platform, if you will, to share that with other people. And I've seen so many fans reach back out to me. And the amount of um, support that I've gotten from my fans and the amount of support that I've been able to give them has just been phenomenal. Like I get, I get like life-changing stories. I'm not trying to be like dramatic. It's like actually true. Like fans will write me and be like, Hey, I started my weight loss journey. And like, here's my oh, before wow. and after. And like, like I, I'm just following along with you guys. Like I'm not even giving out workout plans. They were just like, Hey, I wanted somebody to check in with, and I know you'll hold me accountable. And I'm so excited by it. Like you guys make everything fun. Like, let's just do it. And like they've lost 80 hundred, you know, hundreds of pounds. I'm like, this is so wild. Like, so it's just, it's just cool. It's, it's, it's just, I think it's a community and a friendship based and we just thought, Hey, you know what? If people want to be here and hang out and be themselves, cool. If they can contribute, awesome. But I just care about having a nice community that supports people doing the things that they want to do safely, happily, and like have an outlet that they can enjoy sharing those things. Cause not everybody feels comfortable or, or like they have somebody to talk to. So hopefully that answers it <laughs> it does it does it it's it's having an impact on a transformational impact uh, on people is something that is really important to uh people who watch and listen uh, to the modern consultant because one of the things that many of us are really wanting is to scale the impact that we would usually have one-on-one -on -one with our clients uh, right. in a one-to-many format without losing the impact of that and yes. hearing about you being able to inspire people to create change in their life that typically like even sometimes weight loss programs honestly aren't able to do uh, yes. is actually uh, really impressive and thank you it, it, it it's it's 1000%. Um, I like my dad's an MD PhD, like health is really important to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <I think so>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, another question that I have is actually more on like the operational side of things, because you mentioned that, okay, you guys are up to 20 people now. Oh, yeah. What are they doing? How does it all work? <laughs> I think there's 24, 25 of us now. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I have, I have several people doing many things, but um, basically I have a team that I have three people on editing, uh, long form and short form for social media and internal content. I have one, two, I think two or three main page operators. I have an executive assistant. We have five people on our chat team, and I will come back to that in a second. Uh, ties off, ties in nicely with the authenticity. Um, I have three people in my ads department. 
I have four developers and a separate IT person. So we kind of have a, a lot of unique things going on there. And we have like two other floaters that kind of like are like on all hands, like they're the interns. So they're, uh, they're very much available for whatever's needed for the day. Like, hey, we're gonna film this thing in the gym. Like, can you guys decorate it all up? Or hey, can you run mm -hmm. this errand? So um, we have a really great group. We're, we're all kind of like, within like a 15 year age range, but we all just have like the very much the base same core values and just want to hang out with each other, have a great time and support one another. Mm -hmm. um, so coming back to the chat team. So I did as many messages as I possibly could myself. And then we got into where we built our own software internally mm -hmm. so that I could maximize my message output. So it's like two to five X faster. And it was just by optimizing things in the back end that I would have lost a lot of time on, like uh, a lot of copy paste or linking things in the background. So if I'm gonna send a video, it's like I have the price and the pitch and all the details that go with it like pre-saved. So I don't have to scroll all the way through it and then find it. Things like that enabled me to engage with as many fans as possible for as long as possible. And then it came mm -hmm. to the point where there were thousands of messages and I'm like, I am drowning and no one's getting a response and I feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I brought on a lot of my girlfriends and so they all have their own pages. They're answering the messages on my page. When a fan joins, they have a welcome message from me. They get introduced to a girlfriend. The girlfriend signs every single message that she responds and lets them know like, hey, Bryce is really, really busy. If you'd like to talk to her, you can talk to her on her VIP page. But here, we're the girlfriends, we're trained by her, we have all the answers. And if I'm not sure, I'll roll my desk over and I'll go ask her. So mm. that's been super like great because the fans still get to engage. They still feel connection. They can come to a live show and hang out with me. If they want to join the VIP page, they can. But that was something that we've never seen anybody else do. And the fans really, really do appreciate getting to know who they're actually talking to. And they can understand that I'm a human being and I have so many hours, but they're still getting an answer. And then I think that that still keeps that connection alive, that, that what, they, what they came for, I guess is what you said. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And again, there's a lot of parallels um, between uh, coaches and consultants in particular who are trying to scale because everything that you just shared there is relevant. It's a different kind of audience, uh, different sure, content of the messaging, but the unifying thread between it is the authenticity and having yes. systems in place to be able to give a human connection in an age that is being predominantly you know, uh, influenced uh, by artificial intelligence and having totally. people question whether or not the messages that they're receiving is actually coming from a human. Um, right. Yeah, that's that is that's fascinating to hear. That tells us about the current moment, though, and I'm curious about the future uh, because you come from this e-commerce background, and you came into you know OF with like this level of business sophistication that's probably you know well past you know what the average person does, and so oh, yes. I'm wondering if you're also thinking to the future as well are there investment vehicles that you're taking like a lot of what i would imagine is you know that cash business um, yeah. and fueling it towards you know what does the future look like for you sure um we're still kind of playing out a little bit by year uh we've made several other investments in the creator economy space there's definitely a couple payment products that are interesting to me being in this space, it's kind of like a high-risk payment processor and there's a lot of challenges for creators, not even just OnlyFans creators, but uh, even some of my friends who are like uh, YouTube creators and stuff like that. There's a lot of challenges actually for them on like the banking side or being able to kind of just manage their money appropriately, like standard banks and stuff. I don't think they've, they haven't had a chance to catch up with like that this is a actual like life and business and like this is substantial and there's years of so. 
Anyway, so um, we ventured into investing in a couple different things like that that we find interesting, cool teams, or like, hey, they're building cool software. Um, I'm looking a little bit into some of the the whole AI avatar generated things. Those are intriguing to me, so I would like to be at least educated enough in the space to know if it's something that it's something I would like to like partake in. Um, but it's not something I'm like looking to replace myself with or anything like that. Um, past that. I'm pretty simple. I just like to enjoy my time. And have, I mean, we like good steaks, long walks in a hot tub. Like we're not that crazy. Um, so I don't have much plans past that. Um, doing this was not necessarily even like a, a monetary motivation. Like I, I had a, I had a good setup. We had, you know, we had an income that we liked. Like we were good. More or less, it's the, I think the challenge of building something with your friends that's entertaining and challenging and like, you know hitting certain benchmarks and be like, all right, that was cool. All right, what is the next one? It's just a mental personal challenge that we like. That is fascinating. And I want to circle back to that. And But before I do, I want to jump back into the present because yes. something that, you know, uh, you know, creators, particularly on YouTube, um, seem to run into is the issue of burnout. And you shared earlier mm. on just how much both you and your boyfriend work. How do you yeah. not burn out with everything that you're trying to get done? Yeah, I think this stems back to because we have such an ingrained history of working together for such a long time. In some ways, we don't even necessarily know another way of doing things. Like we don't look at it as work. You know, mm. I mentioned the long walks just now. Like we get off work, but we go work out and we hang out with our friends and we catch up for the day on the things that we did and we brainstorm and we have a couple, you know, things that we're trying to cover, what are the new initiatives and it doesn't feel stressful to us. There's definitely like certain times where we may have a deadline for something and that's, but it's all self-imposed for us. So we don't really get there. If we do, it's like, okay, hey, we need to, we need to have a chiller night. Like we're going to sit down, have a nice dinner and pop in the hot tub and listen to some good music. Like but then we're pretty much refreshed. We're not, we're not necessarily like, we're going to like shut down the page for three weeks and we'll, uh, we'll see when we get back type of thing. Like it's, I think because it's so authentically ourselves and just that we've always kind of done the things that we want to do. We don't really kind of reach that ceiling. I think, I think it might still kind of come back to like, this is our life and authentically what we're doing. We're not having to put on a character or put on a face, if you will. Because I could see that being a little bit more demanding if you're, you know, if you're trying to meet certain expectations that necessarily aren't how you are day to day. That could be a lot, a lot more. There is a lot of wisdom in that because, you know, I'm definitely not a psychologist, but you know, it's like, if, if you don't have to have like the cognitive overhead, basically, of trying to become like different people you know to mm. then it, it doesn't it it doesn't become a, an emotional burden um yeah. you have to like task switch and uh, code switch and so that's that's the sense that my brain is making of it and then also yeah. if you're working with friends and family uh then it's people that you want to spend time with anyway <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> built-in break <laughs> <laughs> you're like kind of always plugged into the wall charging you're like oh okay that was funny that was good i got a little reprieve that, that's a great that's a great analogy i like that just stay plugged <laughs> into the the wall charger that's, that's fantastic. um so then another question uh that i have is actually uh around when you first uh told your family you know oh, that you were uh deciding to start an only fans business yeah how did that go Okay, good question, good question. So this was like one of the things that I learned a lot about myself. Um, so 
my boyfriend and his family, we told them pretty early on. Um, I think because they were kind of in our workspace with our other business, our sporting goods company, we were kind of sharing like the whole office until we moved this into a different space. So it was kind of like, you know, I mean, you're not gonna be like working, like hiding your computer, you know? So you're, we were like, all right, well, here's what we're doing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like very easy, very simple. We're like, all right, sweet. For me, I was a lot more afraid to tell my family. So I mm. held out for a long time, even though my boyfriend's like, just tell them it's fine. Like, you know, he's like, I'll support you with whatever you want to do. And I kind of made it into this bigger thing in my head than I ever needed to. So I put it off and it would be tough because we would get together and be like, what's new? And I'm like, not much. <laughs> like clearly there's a lot going on, you know? <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I ended up telling them uh, a little over a year ago, actually, and uh, it was Father's Day. Yay me! <laughs> oh wow! Deer. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, but no, I told my whole family that same day. I told them all, all in one shot, and uh, they were super supportive. They're like, all right, cool. As long as you guys are healthy and happy wow. and safe, wow, like, nice. have at it. And I was like, well, I made that into something much, much more. Like, I was anticipating. I don't know. I think I was just scared of like hearing things or having to have an uncomfortable conversation. Um, and so that was a big rep, if you will, like mentally hmm. for me of like, hey, you know what? It, things may may be challenging or maybe hard to do, but then once you do it, you've done it. You're, you're alive, you're, the people you care about are still around mm. you, you're still loved, like, it's okay. And and even if it went poorly, it's like, hey, you did something challenging, you built some character, like, so I learned a lot from that. Um, and yeah, they're uh, super supportive. Uh, my mom will write, you know, like, when we have a live show, she'll write things on the whiteboard and be like, you know, welcome to the 4th of July show. And it's like just simple little oh. things to show oh. their support, it's just cool, so. Yeah, yeah I can't complain. <laughs> that, that sounds like you have an amazingly supportive uh, family. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's I don't think anyone could hope for like a, a better response than that. Probably not. I, I think just to add to it too, I think mentally too, I prepared like if it weren't okay with that, I was mm. okay. Because I think that's the thing is people are f afraid of like the rejection. Like, hey, my family's going to like not accept me. And I, and I mentally was like, you know what? That's okay. If that's the mm. thing, then no problem. Like I know that I only, I, if I have my boyfriend, I feel okay. So like that's mm. what, that's my ground. That's my base. And then anything else past that is gravy. But like, I was mentally, I got to the point where I was prepared. Like if I need to, I'm okay with not being on the same page with them. And that helped, that helped a lot too. So that's but cool. That's Speaking <laughs> of base, you said your boyfriend is your base, but I actually wanted to switch gears and uh, talk about the fan base. I'm curious, yeah. are there also women in your audience by any chance? So there are uh, very, very infrequent, but there are, I will tell you though, we do get several couples. So that's cool too. Um, so you get, we actually have a huge mix. Um, they don't, OnlyFans doesn't give us any kind of like demographics. So it's very much, you know, I ask one person and they tell me kind of information. So it's very mm -hmm. individualistic. But I mean, I have people who are, you know, just starting dating like in college and they're like, hey, I, I'm going on my first date. Like I need some advice. I don't know what to do. Um, and all the way upwards of we have widows and widowers that have written us that are in their 60s and 70s or, mm -hmm. you know, other people that are kind of going through things or, um, and it's just, you get the full gamut. So it's really kind of refreshing to meet a lot of people in different workspaces, different places of the world and different parts of their life. And they all can find a way to connect with you. So, just, mm. so that was kind of cool. That is very cool. And on the flip side of that, have you ever encountered any of, you know, the quote unquote dark side, you know, is there, mm. have there ever been security issues or cybersecurity or anything that you've had yeah. to be concerned um, about? We've always been pretty, I think, hmm, not that I'm aware of, like, I mean, you, there, you always have a couple 
in any kind of large gathering, large pool of people, you're going to have outliers, stuff like that. So there's been a couple mm -hmm. people, but OnlyFans is really, really good about being a, a secure, safe platform. I mean, their terms of service are pretty clear. We adhere to those guidelines strictly. Um, you know, we, you know, everything is 18 plus. We, on our side too, we have a very like strict like process of contracts and testing and things like that. We just try and check all the boxes and make everything super transparent for everybody who's involved. The same thing with the fans is like, hey, it's like, hey, somebody asked me a question, I'm like, hey, look, that's against the terms of service. And, you know, I respect you and your wishes, but like, that's not something I'm able to do or answer or whatever the thing is there. But um, yeah, I mean, you always get you. I think I can think of like two times where somebody said something like not so nice in like an extreme version. And it was just like, well, block report handled like the super simple but mm. past that um i think i've been recognized a handful of times like out in public and like everyone's been super nice and super straightforward oh, wow. never oh, had wow. any issues like it was always it was really cool it was really fun actually so i don't know that all good is, there. <laughs> it's, it's it's such a testimony to uh deciding to put whatever it is that you're choosing to put out into the world and seeing how the world responds to it and being mm. pleasantly surprised with how much more good there is than any potential bad that comes out. Because I think there's, no, like you mentioned, there's like, you you mentioned having quite a bit of, of fear before like uh, telling your parents, you know, yes. and, uh, telling your family. And then you did, and then it was like, oh, that, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I said, okay, and now I'm working with family and friends. You know? and, <laughs> curious you mentioned earlier on in the conversation about how you know you guys pretty much live like a simple life i'm curious as you know revenue started to go up what changed if anything and like what what stayed the same okay good question um so let's see i think one of my goals was i've always wanted to build our, our own house so it was kind of like even before all this so like in my head i was like oh that would be really really cool so um we haven't built one yet but we did get a new place um it has 10 acres so like we were looking for stuff that had like a little more space a little more elbow room so we could just kind of enjoy the quiet um double-edged sword because we actually got a place that has a 4,000 square foot building out back and we mm. actually turned that into our gym and that's where the whole team works so like now everybody is a hundred feet away like monday through friday so it's cool because then we're all physically present in person like you can see everybody we break for lunch like that so that's cool but um that was kind of a big change of having everybody on property and then we just we just got a bigger place that we have more options to film more content in and enjoy our lives so like that changed past that um not much else i mean we we like our steak dinners so we still go to our same steakhouse we you know we we've traveled a little bit more just because it makes sense to network and try and do some of these other things but um past that i don't know i mean I, we've always had tesla so we have a tesla like that that didn't change we had that from our previous you know business things like that um not much i don't know we're, pr I, I, we're pretty simple i swear <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool i actually so jumping back then into the past i know we actually have some listeners uh who also come from a background in e-commerce who are probably wondering in their heads like okay so tell us a little bit more about the e-commerce business because you didn't exit it it's still you know active um but yes. i'm guessing you're just not necessarily super active in that business since you're Correct. focusing on the current one is that right oh yeah that's 100 percent. i truthfully spend absolutely zero time in that other business like it is fully out of my scope 
Um, my boyfriend probably spends like maybe 15 minutes a week on it. Like it's oh, wow. to the point that we basically growing, growing that company, we knew we were not very good at hiring. And so we always opted to optimize systems and software over hiring additional people. So because of that, and just years of doing that, we have really fine tuned the systems and operations over there. So it is a tight team, but like our family runs it and like, it's good. It just, it hums right along. I think it does like two, two and a half million a year in sales. And yeah, it's still active. We have, we sell on like Amazon and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a great space. It's a cool business. It was a lot of fun. It taught us so much. It has like a little bit of nostalgic, you know, connection to us just cause we built that literally like by hand. Um, mm -hmm. but it set us up for this and I'm glad it's still there and I'm glad it can like provide for our family and I don't know, I can't mm -hmm. complain about it. So they handle it. There's no fires that I have to deal with. So. <laughs> and that's really cool because that, what it sounds like has been achieved is basically a business that runs without you, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is what so many people um, <laughs> are trying to do. And it seems though with the current model, that it may never be a business that runs without you. Do you have any yeah. thoughts or feelings on that whatsoever? Yeah, that is actually something that we've talked about uh, a little bit too, because we're just not sure like, okay, like how long, what is the lifespan of this, this creator economy? How is it going to change? Obviously the AI in general is like this big potential change to the space. So we're not sure over the coming years what will happen there. Um, and we also realized that this is, this is not like our other business where it's, it is a largely a personal brand tied to my physical face and presence. So it's my presence is required. It's not something I can just kind of step out from. Um, so for now, best I don't have anything else that I am chasing or anything else that I'm wanting to do. We have the option to add or bring up more of our friends into the, the community even a bit more, which is kind of something we're working on doing. One, because we just want our friends to be successful and happy. Um, but two, I think it also kind of gives the fans more options and more people to connect with. So in case I want to you know, reduce my input or something or try and dabble on something else, it's not like I'm just leaving them. It's I will have the, a great support system and other people that they can also feel supported and have the same values. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't anticipate stopping, <laughs> but I also have no idea what, what I'll be like in 10 years and what the, the community will be like. And I think we're just, we're just seeing kind of like this whole shift over the last two, three years. And obviously mm -hmm. OnlyFans has grown massively since I've joined and I missed the entire year of 2020 with COVID. Like I came on a whole year later. So like, you know, I'm sure January 2020 versus when I started in January 2021, drastically different. And I'm sure it's the same thing is going to repeat over the next couple of years. So I don't know. We'll see. So a related question as far as content production over, because it's a bigger conversation around, you know, continuing to produce content uh, for, yes. you know, into perpetuity. But what about taking breaks from producing content on a week to week basis or month to month basis? Do you take vacations and if you do <laughs> what then uh, happens yeah um okay so great question so backdrop is so for the first two years of our account we basically put our heads down stayed in florida didn't go anywhere and we were hardcore about our product and building good content 
and that was just in-house like with our friends and like doing fun things that we thought were cool and just practicing our craft and getting better and better at it um we actually did our first five million in sales without any social media account like i, I didn't even have an instagram so even if you look at my socials now you're kind of like this girl like you know so um we actually just started our like focusing on our socials to bring in additional fans right now um primarily our fan base was brought from within the platform we just advertised through other creators um and built out a huge structure there so now i have that as a backbone and we're going to bring in more people for the social media side so we're learning about that so now we're actually going into making more safe for work content which is long form for like youtube and oftv and then short form for the TikTok, Instagram, YouTube shorts, stuff like that. So actually that's where more of my time is going into is the content creation. And we're just looking at any kind of opportunity uh, as a way to display our personalities and our friendships and how can we share that with more people. So in the past we would kind of like take little breaks. Like we would go to uh, Clearwater for a weekend or something and we would film a couple things and that was our vacation, but we were still kind of working. We, I think that will kind of always be the undertone. I don't think we're going to necessarily like go to a remote island and unplug for a week. Like that just doesn't seem like us. Um, mm -hmm. But we're kind of using anything that we do or any kind of travel or any kind of experience as a way to document or share a cool time with people. And hopefully they get to enjoy it while we do. <laughs> so at least that's the feedback I get. So that's the goal. So that's interesting then. So like when you're traveling, uh, mm -hmm. Do you have a production team that then also mm. travels with you or are you handling primarily uh, just between your boyfriend and you? So when it's just him and I, we will handle it ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, primarily, so another thing is like, I think people uh, overthink like they need a big camera crew and they need the boom mic and they need all these things. Mm -hmm. uh, Lo and behold, this is pretty much what 98% of our uh, <laughs> filming is done is on the old iPhone. So I will admit I have three of them, so I'm always ready. <laughs> I have angles and stuff like that. But um, in fact, OnlyFans, it was kind of mind blowing. It was like they appreciate the realness, the raw footage mm -hmm. that I just whipped my phone out and like, here's what's going on type of thing. Not like the perfect lighting and the angles. Like if I trip on the rug or, you know, giggle snort, I leave it in. You know, there's been plenty of times where things goof up and I will like tell my fans about that and they appreciate those things. Like they like it even more because they can tell it's authentic. Um, so when we travel, like our friends who edit my social media stuff, we primarily bring one or both of them with us and they're just hanging out and we, you know, we giggle and we have our fun things and they just try and capture as much of it as possible. And they're um, very, very lucky in that we have a very interesting team that has learned a lot of great skills and they're able to take what we do and turn it into like really short, cool, just summaries of everything that was going on. So I don't know, yeah. we're high production in our own way. <laughs> that's, that's cool. It sounds like one of like just the, the, the driving forces uh, between, well, two of the driving forces uh, of this business. Like, it sounds like you really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to just, that is, to just that's a good baseline to start with is doing something that you enjoy. <laughs> I don't feel like anybody should do things that they don't. I mean, like I get certain circumstances, sometimes you have to, but sh but I think always like try and strive to do something that you're gonna get some enjoyment out of or learn a new skill or just punch the clock. You can get there. Mm. And this is gonna dip a bit into more of the business side of things again. Uh, what's the what's the average or longest um, people you know subscribe uh, to your mm. content for? Okay, so 
obviously we have outliers so i have definitely several fans that have pretty much been there from like the last two years like almost from the very get-go um you have other people that come and go just within a day like it's just not their thing but um we typically see at least on my vip page i think month over month we have like a 50 percent retention rate because we track a ton of data like not everybody out there doesn't have to do what we do we are data nerds we love to collect data analyze it and just try to improve so we know that number um but especially because sex is very novelty and I think people come in for that but then end up staying longer because they get to know us or they get to know somebody or they get to know the intern or one of my girlfriends and they feel like they have this friendship. So we'll find people will leave and kind of come back or we'll get lost in the shuffle and OnlyFans and they'll, they'll, they'll find us again through a post or something. Um, but on average, I mean, maybe like three, six months, something like that. So it's not bad. It's definitely a higher conversion, a higher turnover rate, but given the the space is like an entertainment space it's an attention space like i don't think it's that bad honestly mm -hmm. i think it's a pretty a pretty sustainable mark on and then just the more people we can reach the more impact we can have that's kind of how mm -hmm. i look at it so i mean for it might be higher retention than a gym membership for some people though for the e-commerce business uh if you recall uh was it more uh just one-time transactions or were there any mm. like uh, loyalty based products or subscriptions or anything like that so i think we had a pretty we're pretty we're a pretty big fish and like this interesting smallish pond we actually kind of transitioned more into like this inventory solutions kind of business where um, we worked with like a lot of like your local mom and pop sporting goods companies and like they would have, you know, a size 14 basketball shoe, but like there's no local Johnny who will wear that shoe, but like on Amazon, you know, you can reach this market. So we would help them with like old inventory and just taking it from a local market and selling it globally. So the problem with that is that you would often end up with so many one-offs. You'd have one random blue size 14 Nikes from 20, you know, 20. And so you may have a customer for life, but if I only have one of those, I only have one type of thing. So mm. we had a little a bit of a healthy mix of both where people who wanted to or would come back seasonally, let's say for baseball gear, their kid would grow and they would they would want to get it the next size up or something. So we would have a healthy mix of that, but a lot of it was direct to consumer through Amazon, eBay, eBay, Walmart, stuff like that. So it was kind of like we're third party sellers. So people, if you kind of come up on Amazon, they don't pay as great of attention of like, I am buying from this person mm. compared to like going to your website type of thing. So a, a mix. Yeah, my my question behind the question was how like loyalty compared on OF versus mm. like just the e-commerce. E <laughs> they were like the same. Ooh. It was like different. I, yeah. Definitely different because like you know the sporting business, it's like you have a one-time you know thing. Like you're in need of this baseball glove and you need it mm. now. But now you're gonna have a glove for the next three years. You know that type of thing. So like maybe we have an outstanding customer service and you remember that three years later. Like cool. Where OF is much more like you're building a connection with somebody. So like they check in after work or on their lunch break. And it might be this like day-to-day -day thing where it's much more of like an actual relationship versus like a transaction. Um, mm -hmm. At least that's how I look at it. Like I look at my fans as friends and as a community, not as a transaction and not as a, you know, source of money, if you will. Um, and I will say, I had another point I was going for with this, but I've, it's escaped me. So I'll shut up. <laughs> if it comes yeah, back, I'll let you know. The, the original question was, um, <laughs> if, if people, if if retention uh, is longer uh, with yeah. the e-commerce business versus uh, OnlyFans, uh, it made me think of this other thing, which I don't think was the thing, but that's okay. Um, we have a 
I've been spoiled because I, because I didn't have such a social media like kind of presence, I got used to my interactions with the fans on OnlyFans. So I was like, okay, this is how all social media platforms are. Everyone is super supportive and very nice and very caring and polite. And like, as soon as we started our social media, I was like, whoa, this is very different. You guys are very <laughs> abrasive. I'm like, I like, I like the community that we have over here. I will say that the OnlyFans community and like the, the people, the fans that come to your page, like they have chosen to be there. They choose actively to stay there. It wasn't this like passive, like doom scroll, like yeah, I'll follow and then comment something that, you know, I would never say to somebody in person. It's very much like this interactive thing where I know them and they know me. So like that much is really, really cool. So if anybody doesn't know OnlyFans, like you can go there and you can get to know somebody and like that's just the baseline of it. And I know, so I love it. Brings up a fascinating parallel to me because regardless of the product, the service, the industry, uh, it seems as though paying customers or clients uh, just generally works out to be a better community than free you know because you mm. just go into the youtube comment section of any video it could be a video about puppies <laughs> someone's like i don't like puppies yeah it's 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 uh the, i i think what it is is people in when there's when they can comment anonymously uh, it, it then they then use the internet as just a bucket for whatever negative experiences you're having. It could be anxiety, it could be fear, it could be rage, or whatever yes. it is, maybe, and just like just yeah. dump it, you know. And then, you know, because one of my mentors um, would sometimes respond um, to these kinds of comments just for, you know, um, shits and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it would be fascinating to see how people would reply and they would own up yeah. to it. They'd be like, no, I was just being upset. Like, so, you know, like somebody died in my family and I, I just wanted Ugh. to, you know, punch the air, like yeah. metaphorically speaking, mm -hmm. seems to be what happens sometimes. And of course, you've got the outliers where, you know, people are just like, just a little bit, you know, uh, they need help um, for lack of a better word. Um, sure. But there's, there's a lot of people out there who just, you know, again, just want to uh, punch, uh, want yeah. a punching bag. And nice. the reason I bring that up is because some of the people who are listening into this, um, they will not share the gifts that they have with the world that could actually change someone's life uh, because of the fear of yeah. putting their work out there, putting their brain out there, putting their face out there uh, mm. because of that negative backlash uh, that yeah. will come. And if you could share anything with that kind of person, uh, what would you tell them? It's probably not as bad as you anticipate it being. Um, speaking just pers personally, anecdotally, I have found that we're, I'm personally my own worst enemy and that if I have that thought and I let it you know, kind of fester and go in my mind or I let it hold myself back, often the reality of it is much less substantial than whatever I've kind of dreamed up in the world. And often the, the risk of trying something, you learn something about yourself, you probably gain some skills, some character, you have the opportunity to achieve that goal or mark that you're looking for and whatever your art is, whatever your product is, whatever the thing that you, the skill that you have that you don't want to share, your, I, I always go to art just as like a, as a nice word to kind of sum up somebody's thing because it could be a digital thing, it could be a product, it could be a skill, um, but like that's your art and like you care about it and there are people out there that care 
the same or will appreciate you in such a way it's just a matter of kind of putting yourself out there and letting people find you and it might take a while it's not going to be an overnight thing um the point is i think it's worth trying and it's probably better to try and actually give it an effort and learn something about yourself let alone any of you at least you have an option of having success by putting it out there if you don't try there's no shot of it being a success like zero it's absolutely zero so it's like why not actually try and I don't know, I find it's usually not as bad as you, you've made it, you've made it sound. And usually people will be in your corner. The people who care about you will, will back you up. They got you. <laughs> that is rock solid advice. And I only have like, I, I, I almost want to end the interview here. Like, I don't think we can <laughs> go any higher than that. Like response. That was, this was really, that was really awesome. Um, Appreciate uh, I've, I've been in the coaching industry now for, uh, for like close to a decade. That was great coaching. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just riffing over here. So I appreciate that. Yeah. No, 1000%. So two of like the uh two to three of like the closing questions that i always like to ask um mm. is if you could go back in time to give yourself any advice knowing everything that you know now what would you yeah. tell yourself uh, it's probably to jumping off the back of that previous one would be to like calm down and try something calm down and like you know let it be it's going to be it's going to be easier or better than you anticipated there's no need to be scared that you know like i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna be breathing i'm gonna have my boyfriend like there are some baselines there that like if you boil it all down you got a couple things i really care about everything else is gonna be fine like why why stress why worry why you know just probably that in a nutshell <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that so hmm. i don't know yeah. So it's, it's it's great advice and it's this it's it might make it harder for you to answer the next question which is if you had a choice you're you're stuck on a desert island and you have Ooh. only one dessert to have for the rest of your life what's it going to be? <laughs> one dessert? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, see there's so many questions. So like do I have other food or is it just dessert because I may choose something high protein so I can survive and dense. <laughs> I need to know what my calories are like here. <laughs> that, that answer just said so much. That's, 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 that is ultra practical. I dig it. <laughs> I'm not going to have like, you know, like one wheat thin for dessert. Like I would want something dense and high calorie and like protein based so I can be like secure and live. Um, I don't know. I have this like cottage cheese mix that uh, we've been making at night. It's like, uh, fat-free cottage cheese a scoop of like uh, jello sugar-free jello pudding and um jello mix and it's like this like chocolatey fun little thing but it's like 35 grams of protein and like 300 calories i'm like i'm good to go so i don't know <laughs> that, that's that's great uh because that actually is an amazing place to close out on because one of the one of the recurring themes that uh, i felt from you throughout you know this very short rapid fire hour that just like flew by um, yeah. <laughs> is how data driven you are mm. uh, you because it's it's not that you don't experience fear you know or any of the gamut of emotions that are universal to the human experience but one recurring thing that i've heard in your story is that you feel the fear and then you do it anyway you go collect data yeah. and then you allow data to then tell you just totally. what's true or not yes uh, which is 
something that I continue to try to do, and I'm pretty sure everyone uh, listening into this uh, can also continue to do more of uh, as well. Absolutely. No, and I appreciate that. That's 100%. Of course. And I'm, still, I'm still working on it myself. There's still plenty of times where I was like, you know what, the data says this, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling a different way. And I'm like, mm, no. Uh, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's almost that, that, that struggle. It's like trust the data, or do I trust intuition, or try to find some blend of both. You know, to mm-hmm. figure out and like go from there. It's 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 fascinating. I've also shared this uh, with uh, some of my clients. It seems like I think there's one part of us that's uh, scientist and another part that is artist. And if we tend to have this uh, affinity for one of those. You know, we might be more scientists than artists or more artists than scientists, but if we can bring the two together and kind of keep them in balance, then we'll not just be balanced, but then move towards the growth that we want in life. That's, yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that, but I could see that, I could see that being very applicable. That makes sense. And I've been peppering you with questions nonstop. Are there any questions that you have for me? Ooh, man. I don't know. You, you're, you're very talented. You know, the hour flew by. I had a lot of great, a lot of great just questions for me. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just amazed. So thank you, first of all, because that was a really cool, fun time. And I feel like I even learned a lot about myself through talking to you. So that oh, you, you know right how to like get to that point. I don't know. So um, let's see. What has been the biggest thing that you've learned through doing the podcast? Ooh, that's a great question. Maybe you should do mm. a podcast. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> the <laughs> the uh, biggest thing I've learned about myself is that I genuinely enjoy um, having these conversations and getting to know people better. Like, I'm always learning, and it, it doesn't feel like work. Like, it's oh. I, I would enjoy having this conversation even if it weren't going to be published on the internet sure. like like this yeah. that i would have a i would have multiple of these conversations every single day i just think it's fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, totally. so that that's been a very uh interesting find for me and it makes me think of what you shared earlier where what you do doesn't feel like work and so it doesn't quite feel like you're gonna approach burnout or anything like that and i feel the same with when i had these conversations it's like oh yeah huh this was energizing. I, I yeah. do another one like 30 minutes from now. I might need to drink some water, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm good for like- Take some of that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. That's fabulous. I think it's, it's, that's probably the perfect mix of like, you're learning something new, you're connecting with new people, you're sharing great information. And then because you are publishing it, you're actually able to educate more people. And mm-hmm. I, don't know, I, I love that. I love sharing things. I, obviously, sometimes you have to experience certain things firsthand. Um, but a lot of the time you can make a lot of headway by listening and encouraging other people and hearing other people's stories and getting a different perspective. So that's really cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you for an even more amazing way for us to close this out. And with that, is there anywhere you would like for people to be able to find you that is safe for work? I don't know if that's an option. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, all my social media stuff is, is uh, totally safe for work. So um, I'm at Fit Bryce Adams everywhere there. Um, my main website leads to my safe for work OnlyFans page. So that one's good to go. It's fitbryceadams.com. And yeah, I don't know. That's, you basically look me up. I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again so much. This was fantastic. Uh, and yeah, 
everyone's gonna love this this was great oh good i really appreciate you having me honestly i i love the whole entire experience through and through from the moment that i got introduced to you i was like ah oh, this is gonna be a lot of fun so and it was hey thanks for checking out the show if you liked it go ahead and hit the like button and also subscribe so you don't miss another one it also tells us which ones that you like the most so that we can then do more interviews like that if you want to go from idea to implementation though especially if you're wanting to productize your expertise so that you can scale your impact on your clients and of course grow your business then join our email list there we're going to talk about how modern consultants can productize their expertise so that they can have a greater impact on the world around them and live life on their terms if that's up your alley i hope to see you on the other side talk soon